I'm Katie Prejean McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. My daughter arrived home on Ash Wednesday, after school, of course, walking into the house and announced as loudly as she possibly could, Mom, we have to give all our money to Jesus. I didn't quite fully understand at the time what she meant and immediately got nervous that she was going to start looking for my wallet, which had 20 bucks in it that I was saving for a Chick-fil-A run on the Thursday between Ash Wednesday and the first Friday of Lent, what is affectionately called Meat Thursday. And I said, Rose, what do you mean? And she proudly pulled out of her backpack one of the Catholic Relief Service Operation Rice Bowls that they passed out to all the kids at school. Unbeknownst to me, she'd already apparently ripped it. She thought it was an envelope, not a bowl. And she said, Mommy, we have to give all our money to Jesus so poor people can eat. And I realized at that point that almsgiving, in the mind of a a four-and-a-half-year-old, is a very literal thing. And sure enough, that day at school, they had made a Lenten poster, Pray, Fast, Almsgive, and had talked about all the different Lenten spiritual disciplines. And in her little mind, almsgiving means giving everything you have, money, time, treasure, all of it, to Jesus. Now, on the one hand, this extreme version of almsgiving is quite inspiring to hear from a little kid. And for the past few weeks of Lent, every night as we sit at the dinner table and we talk about our Lenten disciplines, how did you pray today? How did you fast today? Rose's favorite to talk about is almsgiving. Because, and and this is not me promoting good parenting of myself by any means, but on that day when she came home from school and said, we have to give all our money to Jesus, my husband and I took it as the perfect opportunity to sit down and try to explain to our daughter, okay, this is what it means to give everything we have to Jesus, our hearts, our treasure, our talent, our energy, our attention. That's what almsgiving is. It's so much more than just writing a check, although that's certainly part of it. It's so much more than just dropping our spare change into the bucket so that we can turn around and and hand it over to the nun who runs Catholic charities or to the organization that's aiding Ukrainian refugees at this precise moment. Almsgiving is both a thing we do in a very tactile way and a disposition of the heart. It is a very tangible, tactile thing, especially sacrificing our money or donating it to various organizations that are worthy. But it's also this attitude of how can I be less selfish or better put more selfless in the season? Almsgiving in general is a Lenten disposition that is not meant to just live in Lent. It's not just something that we do for these 40 days, but is perhaps maybe even more so than the praying and the fasting, uh, an attitude and a disposition of the heart that should turn into a habit. How can I, how can you, be more attuned to the way we give, to the way we step outside of ourselves and and are trying to intentionally be generous? That is the virtue that goes hand in hand with the giving of alms. How can I give, not just of my leftovers, but of my first fruits? How can I step beyond myself to sacrifice in a way that that Jesus is inviting me to? Sister Miriam talks about this in a very beautiful way this week, by, by talking about how healing in our lives goes hand in hand with this recognition that what I have been given by way of healing, even if it's in progress, in process at this precise moment, is something that I can then turn around and maybe share in this very generous way, or I can recognize that by giving of myself, giving time, talent, treasure, that perhaps the Lord can continue to work on me. That generosity opens up this part of our heart that we maybe didn't even know was there. 
I wanted to sit down with somebody this week that could really help us unpack this virtue of generosity that grows in our lives in the spirit of almsgiving uh, that we try to, to adopt and embrace over these 40 Lenten days. And I couldn't think of anyone better to sit down with than Michelle Benzinger. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's a student. She's a writer. She podcasts with Heather Kim and Sister Miriam on Abiding Together. She's one of my favorite people. The way that we know each other is actually in a really fun uh, kind of roundabout way. She met my sister. I've actually never met her in person, but she met my sister at the Given Institute this past summer. They got to go out to dinner together with this awesome group. And she instantly shot me this message on Facebook and she said, I love your sister. It was so great to spend time with her. I can't wait to spend time with you too. And we just became buddies after that. And, and when my sister and I were chatting about that wonderful dinner that she had with Michelle, that was one of the first things that Laura described to her as. She's such a generous woman. And so I figured sitting down with somebody who has been snapshotted for me as generous to hear her perspective on what generosity and almsgiving actually is and how we can dig into it more this Lenten season, I figured this was the perfect person to invite into our conversation. This podcast is, of course, part of our entire Ave Explores Lenten series where we are talking about and digging into Sister Miriam James Heidland's book, Restore. You've still got time to grab a copy of it on Ave Maria Press's website, even if you have to go back and do some of the weeks that you maybe haven't done yet. There's also a wonderful video series that is also a podcast, all available up on our website, AveMariaPress.com, all one word. Click over there and sign up for our weekly emails. You won't miss anything when you get those emails straight to your inbox. We'd also love it if you'd rate and review our little podcast here, Ave Explores. Over 250,000 downloads. Lots of other people have enjoyed it. We are certain that you will as well. So sit down, enjoy this conversation with Michelle Benzinger about generosity and almsgiving in the Lenten season. Michelle, welcome to Ave Explores. Hi, Katie. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited yeah. to be here. So pumped. I'm stoked because you are the third in the lineup of our Abiding Together crew joining us for the show. The Kims are next week, but I, I already got to interview them. It's such a delight to get to chat with all of you. Tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, that lovely living room you're sitting in right now, and <laughs> how how people can, you know, what, what do we need to know about you? Oh, gosh. That's a really, that's almost a trick question. Um, <laughs> but Michelle Benzinger, I I live in Pensacola, Florida, so not so far from Katie down on the Gulf, yeah. about three and a half hours away. And I am married to a saint of a man because he's married to me. And I have six <laughs> children, four, I like to say like biological born from my body and two adopted, which I say they were born from my heart, children. So I have the whole slew of kids, four boys, two girls. <laughs> yeah. And I do some podcasting on Abiding Together podcasts and I create some things creatively and that's about it. Like I... <laughs> Well, that's a lot. I mean, six kids is no small project. Six I mean. kids is no small project right now, <laughs> especially right now. I feel like I'm at, I thought when they were little, I was in the trenches, but now that yeah. I'm through middle school, high school, college, I'm like, wow, still in the trenches. Okay. I've, yeah. I've out. heard it only change. Like right now I have to make sure my kid remembers to brush her teeth and like fight the battle of wills, but it's a complete different, like I need to remember, you know, make sure that they are eating nutritious food or like not watching horrible things on the internet. Like it's a different ball game. How are you navigating that? How is your heart with all of that? Really different. Like I think for even this past year, I have stepped back a lot from traveling and doing other things. And people are like, why? I was like, because these moments are like people would say the days are long and the years are short. And when I mm -hmm. had four, like six and under, I'm like, whatever. Like, I mean, I just would roll my eyes and be like, whatever. I'm just surviving to bedtime. And I yeah, love my just... children, but it was just like, all right, nobody can put on their shoes or get themselves in the car seat or whatever. 
And so now, but I'm realizing it's the little moment, especially with my high schoolers. I mm. sent, I have two out of the house now and have a third that's a senior in high school. Oh, wow. And it's just my whole perspective has changed. Like I'm still doing things outside of the home, but they're few and far between because the things that are going on in my home are just so precious. And I know this time yeah. is limited, you know? And so, yeah. and it's just been so fun, but so game on, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a speaker friend tell me recently, so she's a little further ahead in the journey. She's, I think her youngest is six and her oldest is a sophomore. Okay. And she's like, I won't book speaking events six months out because I don't know what the school calendar oh, is. That's how I am. Like, yes. like there's homecoming. Like I don't want to be gone for homecoming. And just the other day, Rose came home with a field trip form for, a, they're going to like this little alligator park because it's the South and we like hold alligators <laughs> and you know, $6 and she gets to go hold a baby alligator. And I'm, I'm going to be at a parish mission in California. And it's like the middle of the parish mission. So to some like, there's no way I can like go, come back and go. You're just going to have to take the day off. I was feeling all sorts of guilt. And I was like, there's no way I would have known. Like it was, you know, this is a, this thing has been on the calendar for months. They don't tell us when these field trips are. And I kind of had this flashback to the future or flash forward. Is that what yeah, it's called? Of just yeah. like this, does it ever get any easier to navigate? the spending no. of our time. Like, does mm-hmm. it, like I'm asking, does it ever get easier? It does. And some people laugh because like someone asked me a bunch of things for like 2023. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I have no <laughs> idea where we'll be. Like even with the like, pandemic, we're like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea where we're going to be, but it gets easier in a way because like I was telling my husband this morning, I have to say no to some things I really would love to do, mm-hmm. but I just don't have the freedom to say yes now because I don't know where we'll be next year in that season. Yeah. You know, and my husband's like, you have to refrain this, Michelle. What are you saying yes to? You yeah. know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm saying yes to my family. I'm saying yes to being present to them. I'm saying, and now I make hard and fast rules. August when school starts, May when school ends, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is always like sacred December, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing. Like I'm like, I've learned the hard way. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a great couple of moms in different phases of the life. Like this is a great access point to the theme of this week, which is all mm-hmm. about giving, right? Like we use the phrase almsgiving. And when I was a kid, it was like, you put pennies in the jar and that money is going to go to the poor. Like it was a very tactile thing. We, we've got a little sacrifice bean jar to do with our kids this year that allows them to think about like what they're giving up and what they're giving. But we're ultimately talking right now about like the generosity of our time. Yes. Like where am I spending my time? So I guess to really kind of kick us off on the theme, like define for us in your spiritual wisdom, what is almsgiving by terminology, but then like, what does it even look like in our day-to-day existences as parents, as single people, as, as retirees? Like what, what can it look like? Yeah, I think it looks different in every season. And almsgiving is like giving of yourself, like financially, we think it is just solely financially, which is a big part of it. Like I really huge on tithing. I think my husband and I were missionaries our first couple of years of living and we depended solely on benefactors and mm. partners and stuff. So I know the power of people sowing into your mission and almsgiving. And there's something that was very much instilled in me, like that we get mm. financially, like you tithe. And it's amazing every time that every month that we tithe and give generously or at the end of the year, God cannot be outdone in generosity. Yeah. You know? Like I was even thinking about the end of the year this year, we were tithing and we wanted to increase our tithe. And part of me is like, <coughs> Okay. You know, and the, and it was just that, no, we're going to give. And mm-hmm. as soon as we do, the Lord blessed us in another way. I'm like, gosh, you are so faithful yeah. of this. I think it's almost easier to give of money sometimes than it is of time and of yourself. 
Mm. You know, and so I think it's really hard to give your time and be fully present to people. You mm. know, I think we're hopefully kind of, sort of, who knows, like in a post pandemic phase. I mean, just when I think we are, uh, yeah, like, I still don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like just when I think we're safe to go venture out, I'm like, oh, yeah. but like, what does it mean to be fully present to people, especially mm-hmm. around you, you know, mm-hmm. physically around you? And what does it mean to really be present to the people the Lord has called you to steward? and steward well. I've been really convicted of that over the last year and a half. And just how, like I said, I've pulled back my time to be really present to my children. Mm -hmm. You know, in a way I thought I was, honestly, I was doing a really great job of managing my children. Mm. I don't know how well of a job I was doing in discipling and being fully present to my children. Mm. You know, Mm. like I was telling someone, they would like Proverbs 31, you know, they would say, you know, since her children will, you know, rise up and call her blessed. Mine would probably rise up at that point and call me distracted. (laughs) Hold on one second. Hold on. I've got this. I mean, I can Mm. multitask like a bandit, you know, but I was like, that's not what the Lord was calling me to. So really Mm. being present to people, which is an art form. I'm realizing it really is. You have to be present and to give out of overflow. You know, I feel like a lot of times I was giving because of expectation or I shitted myself, like I should be doing this or I should. Mm. And it wasn't from overflow. And to be honest, I would just get mad, Katie. Like I would do it, but the posture of my heart wasn't in the right place because I was exhausted. You know, I wasn't giving from overflow and I wasn't giving the Lord his due time to fill me up in that way. You know? So yeah, I think that for almsgiving for me is like, how is the Lord calling you to be really present and steward your time well, and then give of that time out of overflow. Yeah. Yeah. A few years ago, I was in a pretty busy season of travel because it comes in ebbs and flows. Yes. And it was in 2019, I think I I traveled more between 2018 and 2019 than I ever had my entire life. And of course, it all came to a screeching halt in 2020, which ended up being a ridiculous blessing for yeah. us at a very strange time. But I was at this event in February of 2019. I was, I was hosting like this membership meeting for a, a federation of Catholic youth ministry people. And I had to be there the whole week for this five-day meeting to MC it. And I got there late because of my travel and it was just like all crazy. And and the woman at the check-in counter, I've known her for years, all virtually, like we just, you know, communicated back and forth. And she handed me this, one of those scripture cards from Blessed Is She, like she just had like a pack of these cards and it was the Lord will return double to you. It was that phrase. I think it's from mm. Sirach. And she handed yeah. it to me and she was like, this is just on my heart to give to you. Like, thank you for giving your time to us this week. Like, I know this is hard to be away from your family. Like, yes, you're being paid to be here, but certainly not enough for all of the, the work that you're going to be doing Catholic ministry. And it's, you know, you're, it's, it's, it's on a bookshelf in our house. Cause it's like a consistent reminder that like we give the little that we have knowing that the Lord will provide sufficiently for us to continue to be able to give. But then sometimes we can fall into the trap of, oh, well, I can just say yes to all the things because God will take care of the rest. And then mm-hmm. you look around and it's like, okay, yeah, my baseboards are disgusting. And my child hasn't eaten anything except frozen fish sticks for a week and a half. And like, I don't think my husband and I have talked about anything besides like what's for dinner for a month. And, and so then you realize I can only give when I allow the Lord to give back to me and I'm not taking enough time to actually receive that. And, and it's interesting, like sister digs into this over the course of these reflections, like there's a healing component to almsgiving because we're actually paying attention to the people that we're giving to, Mm -hmm. but also paying attention to the way the Lord is giving to us. Why do you think people resist that? Like we, we make ourselves busy in the giving, 
because we don't want to receive. Have you seen that in your own life? Have you seen that in the lives oh of other people? Yes. And I realized, I think more now than ever in the last two years, like, and we talk about that, especially in Catholic circles, like the feminine genius, like women mm-hmm. are receptive and sensitive and generous and maternal. Like these are the four characteristics. But I realized my receptivity is like, I, I was telling my daughter that she's 13 and just having conversations with her, like Mm -hmm. how I'm forming her. And I was like, okay, your receptivity is a superpower, you know, like how you keep your heart open and not close it because, you know, she's in middle school, the best of times, the worst in times. I mean, can have some all the extremes. Yes. (laughs) Kindness girls and man, they get nasty. And so I was, she had a situation. I was like, do not close your heart. Mm -hmm. Do not close your heart. Like, and we had a conversation and do not start telling yourself lies like that people can't be trusted and stuff like mm. that. This is truth. But it was so funny. I was telling her this and it was kind of like, Lord's like, um, preaching to yourself, girl. Yeah. Preaching yeah, to yourself. Right? And so I feel like, yes, I think to be able to receive the Lord's love completely mm-hmm. and fully and allow him to love us and to receive it from other people. I am great meeting other people's needs. I am not great having other people meet my needs because, mm. you know, I think it's the oldest child thing. Like I always oh, yeah. anticipate me. Right yeah. yeah. I can see like, oh, this person needs this. This person needs this. I will do this. And I love taking care of people also, you know, but I also call it my hypervigilant, not healthy part too. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to do this or this. And if I don't yeah. do it, nobody, biggest lie, I believe if I don't do it, nobody else will. Nobody else will. Yeah. Yes. The superhero so, complex. The superhero yeah. complex. And so I'm like, no, like some things you have to let fall and some things you have to receive the Lord's love and just give out of an open heart. And I realized mm-hmm. also like, yes, we want to give out of overflow, but there's also about giving out of our poverty, you mm-hmm. know, just like, okay, Lord, I'm weak here. Like, and I think I said this on the Binding Together podcast, when we were talking about this, that my job is to give my loaves and fishes and it's the Lord's job to multiply it. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just have to be obedient to what he calls me to do. Yeah. And oftentimes I think I have to be obedient and figure out how the multiplication process is going to happen all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's not our job, you know, it's just to love. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Michelle Benzinger. I certainly enjoyed recording it. We are so excited that this season, Sock Religious is sponsoring Ave Explorers, and they were so generous, they sent socks to all of our guests this season. And so I got to ask Michelle Benzinger about the socks that the good folks at Sock Religious sent her. Michelle, who did Sock Religious send you? Okay, I have to tell you this, Katie. I was just came home from a getaway with my husband and I came home to like two packages and I was like, oh, look, I promise <laughs> I didn't order anything. Okay, to my husband. But one was from Sock Religious and they sent me three out of the four women doctors of the church. And it was so funny because awesome. I was praying about something about the, the four women doctors of the church and I came home. And so they sent me St. Therese, St. Teresa of Avila and Catherine of Siena, you know, Probably. so I guess... Hildegard is the only one that's missing. Hildegard. Come on, religious. Come on. Yeah. And so, but <laughs> I was like, these are so much fun. And it was so funny because my son for confirmation, his confirmation state was Pierre uh, Versati, uh, Giorgio Versati, and he has the socks. So they're like, that's awesome. these are so cool. I mean, my family <laughs> is obsessed with them. And so, I love it. We are too. I think my kid asks to wear the Saint socks every day for school. And I have to consistently remind her that there's a uniform and it does not include images of the saints on your ankles, but we're working on it. We're working to add like a silly sock day into the calendar every month. Right. Because like these awesome, I keep trying to convince them to do a St. Margaret sock so then they can do it for spirit day. Like here's your St. Margaret and here's your spirit shirt. Working on it, sock religious. Michelle, I'm super glad that they sent those to you. Thanks for sharing that I love them. And sock religious, you guys are amazing. Thank you so so much for the gift. Yes. They're so good. You can find 
a link to Sacrilegious and all of the awesome things they have on their website down in our show notes. Use code AVE10 for a discount. Sacrilegious.com, an excellent place to find great things to wear and share your faith. I'm always struck by that, that we give out of the abundance, but like sometimes the Lord is asking us to kind of sit in the very little yes, and, and provide from that. It's almost like that scarcity mindset, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if you grew up with little, the second you have even just a little bit, you want to cling to it and you want to hold on to it yes. rather than recognizing, no, like there's a way that this could grow for the good of the Lord. And I think we all battle that maybe during Lent because a lot is already being asked of us or like we assume I have to like check off. So I'm giving Jesus an hour of my prayer every Tuesday and I'm I'm not allowing myself to swing through Sonic and grab this Coke that I know is going to make me happier. But it's like, okay, then that ends up being a penance for everybody else. But I'm going to resist. I'm going to resist going and spending that two dollars. And sometimes we we almost get how do I want to put this? Almsgiving kind of falls on the bottom of the to-do list of Lent because it's like, I'm already doing so much. Like Jesus doesn't want me to do one other thing. And and then we don't actually learn that, that practice for beyond Lent. Yes. The the practical question to ask then is like, how how do we actually incorporate it into the, yes, it's something that the Lord invites us to do. Yes. We're called to give from our surplus. Yes. We're called to give from our littleness, but then like, what can that look like? You, you talked about that ministry of presence and like giving of our presence. How, how does that play out in your home with six kids, two at college, a husband that's working? Like, what does that look like in your day-to-day existence? But it's funny because I've been very intentional about how we set up the rhythms. Like we live kind of a rhythm of life. And if you know me, Katie, that's like miraculous right there. Like that gets it was one of Jesus' <laughs> biggest miracles because I am not a rhythm intentional person. Like when my husband's like, we need to be intentional. Part of me just cringes, like stop saying that word. No, spontaneity is oh, yes. good. <laughs> and so, you know, and so, but like one of the big things we have is this season with sports, with our sporting schedule, because I have a bunch of kids that like play a lot of sports is we do family <laughs> dinner three nights a week where everyone mm. sits down. And it's funny, we had to actually retrain because we had gotten away from it. We had to retrain our kids. I'm like, hello, savages. Like, can we not use a napkin and utensils? Because we had been eating on the run. And it was yeah. funny the first two or three weeks, like it was like literally retraining them. And now I love it because everyone starts to Day at the dinner table after dinner mm. and have conversation. It's almost like the art of being, I was telling Chris, we're teaching our kids how to be human again, because we've yeah. lost part of that yeah. aspect of it. But one of the things that we were actually discussing our Lent as a family is we have a lot of friends of ours. I mean, one thing I love about Pensacola is we have people that are ahead of us in the seasons, but we have a lot of people that are a season behind us with littles, mm. like really, really mm-hmm. littles is one of the things is we make dinner for one of the moms mm. and brings it over to them in Lent. It's simple. You know, I just double whatever I'm making because I already yeah, cook for yeah. boys that eat me out of house and home. But <laughs> so like I triple, just bring whatever I do to them and then bring it over yeah. you know, to that mom. And it's just one night, you know, because usually you only get meals when you have a baby or... Yeah, when you have a baby and you could care less what you're eating. You just yes. got to put something in your body. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You know? And so it's just simple things like that. Like who is it that the Lord, you know is calling mm-hmm. you to in your life, like your physical life. And you can do things for people far away, but there's something about when you just see the person's yeah. face and you're in relationship with them Yeah, and keep it really simple. Like for me, another big one is like, we were make sure that we're really generous almsgiving to our school teachers, especially our Catholic mm-hmm. school teachers. Like they really are my heroes. Like yeah. I, yeah. I adore our school. I adore both of our schools that my kids are at and one's a public, one's a Catholic school, but watching them navigate the last two years, I mean, I'm like, yeah. you guys 
we do heroic. Not, yeah, heroic. Yeah. Like heroic courage. We do not pay them enough. We do no. <laughs> I, I I joked the other day to Tommy, I would pay more intuition if I knew it was going directly oh my into gosh. pockets. Oh yeah. my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like one teacher stayed after school to tutor my son. And I'm like, I wanted to tell her, and she sent me a text and said, Hey, I have him. Da, 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 da. You know, because we live within walking distance of our kids. Mm-hmm. We just walk home and I'm like, I want to be like, girl, they don't pay you enough to stay after no. school. No, you come over and have some coffee and tutor him at the kitchen table. Yeah. No, well, I love that. That's really good advice. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be this. Sometimes like it is the Lord calling you to do something yes, radical. Like sometimes, is. and like we have to pay attention to those prompts, but sometimes it's just like, you know what? I'm already making chili. Let me just throw in a few extra cans of tomatoes and put some in a bowl and bring it over to this friend of mine. I, that was, so when we went through the hurricanes, you actually sent us a gift card so that we could go out on a date night. And I know. Like try I to was work. just like, my heart was like, yeah, it was, Ooh. it was one of the craziest times of my life. And I've never been so loved by people that I've never met in person before who were like, we know what this must be like. Yes. Here is something for you guys to be able to try to make it through to the next day. And we made a, a conscious decision in 2021, which was like, again, what phase of the pandemic are we at? Like, <laughs> is this, are we allowed to do things with people again? And and it was like, we're going to try to intentionally love people who have loved us. And, and food was one of the ways people loved us really, mm. really well. And so we have a kind of a, a general rule of thumb that once a month we give a meal to somebody that's in need. Um, and it's it's never like, I mean, sometimes it's like the pregnant friend who has a baby. Yeah. Like I think in March, like my friend Marilyn had a baby. And so, you know, bringing her food. But it was a friend of mine whose little boy was getting tubes. And so it was like, you know what? I'm making chili tonight already. I'm just going to drop some off on your porch. And this was an old friend from high school that I like randomly reconnected with. She's not Catholic. She's actually kind of very much against the church, but it was just like, I'm just going to be this human person who loves you because your son had surgery today and you shouldn't have to cook. And the text message I got was, I just stood over my kitchen island, eating it straight out of the bowl. And it was like, good. Like it was still hot. That's why I dropped it off that way. Or the friend that had COVID. And so it was like, you know what? We're bringing it to chili because chili is so easy. It was like, it there's is. there are tangible ways to love people in the practicals. Mm-hmm. And then there's like tangible ways to ask God to give you the spirit to do that. I think generosity and gratitude are very closely Oh, I believe linked. it. Can, can you I talk to it. that a little bit? And sister talks about this, right? Like we disassociate from the act of giving. So we almost think that God hasn't given stuff to us. So let's, mm-hmm. let's dig into gratitude. What can gratitude do for the almsgiving heart that we're called to have? I think we actually do that as a spiritual practice in our house, but, and I have mm. two children that really struggle with it. Like you really? have nothing that is grateful about your day. You know, it is like, nope, nothing. I'm like, all right, come on, dig a little deeper. Buddy. Life is hard. Yeah, yeah, life is hard. But I was like, what is it about that? You know, and mm-hmm. because I think it's about paying attention to God's goodness you know, and to be able to verbalize that gratitude is like, all right, God is good. And he is mm-hmm. always present and he's always wanting to be, he has a generous heart. And so we yeah. want to model that, you know? So I think when we have an attitude of gratitude, how rhymy is that? But um, <laughs> when we have that, it puts us in a posture to be generous, you yeah. know, and to thank God, you know, and it says, you know, we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. If you want to really get in the presence of God and feel like it usher into your, every time is gratitude. And I, mm-hmm. I've, started taking classes in neuroscience. And then I actually heard it on a praise album too, which I was laughing about, but that gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist together in the brain. Oh yeah. And that was just something powerful, but they were also saying play and anxiety, like a playful spirit or joyful mm-hmm. spirit and anxiety cannot coexist also, mm. you know? And so that that play actually disarms things about yourself. Yeah. Boy, disarms things about yourself. So 
And I always go back to Mother Teresa, like joy is the net that we catch other souls, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's a gratitude, like, oh my goodness, we have a savior, like, especially in the Lent that suffered for us, that mm-hmm. what he thought of each and every one of us individually when he walked that road to Calvary, he suffered, was tortured, was mm-hmm. beaten, was stripped for us because of just pure, generous, grateful love. Mm-hmm. Then when we keep that in mind, we're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so grateful. And that way I can give out of that posture mm-hmm. and give to others out of that posture. But, oh, mm-hmm. I think they so exist together, yeah. you know? And I realize, I mean, I think it's something in the last two or three years, just the way the, you know, the climate has been where it's been so polarizing mm-hmm. that gratitude is so disarming, you know, mm-hmm. to other people and to verbalize gratitude. I'm grateful for you for this. You know, I've seen the power of affirming people and their true identity. Like Mm -hmm. it's such a disarming tactic to the polarization of people, you know, and it brings us joy, but we need a lot more joy in the church. Yeah, (laughs) We need it everywhere. In the same way that like when we give things are multiplied, like gratitude multiplies, we've become this, there's a very sweet lady that lives catacorner to us, Micheline Mitchell. She's from France, like off, you know, an immigrant from France has the, that was my grandmother. Yes. Yes. She came to Louisiana as a war bride, like just, and this woman is a, I mean, she is a tank of a lady and my kids love her. Like she's like an adopted great grandmother. And so at Christmas time, of course, like we dropped off goodies for Christmas and then she dropped off some goodies for us. And so now we're in like this, this goodie back and forth. Yes. And every single time we drop off things, like she gave gifts to the girls, like she like had clearly gone to Target and picked out things for my kids for Christmas that they now play with. And they know like those are presents from Miss Mitchell. So I, I sat the kids down and we wrote thank you cards. I wrote the cards, Rose signs her name, yes, like draws yes. a little picture and we dropped them off. And the look on her face when, you know, my four-year-old hands this sweet 90-year-old woman this card and she, she was like, nobody writes thank you cards anymore. And I was like, yeah, like Catholic family, great. Like this was not my idea. They came in a box. Like we decided <laughs> we were going to use them. Like I am totally going to give credit where credit's due. And I could see that like the fact that we went to go give the gratitude was softening something within her that like, I don't even think she realized needed to be softened. Yes. And it sparked this whole conversation of like, you know, she'd had all of her kids over for Christmas and all of her grandkids and a great kid. And she was like, nobody wrote a thank you. Note. And she wasn't upset about it. She was just like, I didn't realize I I needed somebody to say thank you for everything mm-hmm. that she did over the holidays. And it came from these neighbors that just live across. And we got close to her because of the storms. And like, we were checking on each other's houses and like, we got to know each other through suffering. And so now this friendship has right? developed. Yes. But it was this, and like watching Rose, like frequently say like, can we go give something to Miss Mitchell? Like there's this community component yes. that then mm-hmm. begins to heal some of those wounds that, like you said, that 13 year old, girl who starts to maybe distrust people or that, that little, that, that adult who has this like weird moment and they're like, how do I process this? And so this, this wound develops sister digs into it so beautifully. I think we could probably keep going for another hour, but oh, right, my, right? the editor is going to get mad at me if I yeah, don't I ask this one last question, just start wrapping things up and, and you've got a biting together. So lots more folks can go listen to lots more wonderful things on this topic, but Lent four weeks in can kind of start to get hard. What's your piece of advice for people to persevere and really push through? I don't want to say push through to the end because it's not a just got to get there, but like how they can make these final days of the Lenten journey fruitful. Do you have any advice on that? 
Yeah, I think you, I mean, you touched on it earlier, Katie, so beautifully. I think a lot of times we treat Lent as a checklist, like, let Mm -hmm. me do my almsgiving, let me do my fasting, let me do my prayer. And really Lent means spring. It means like, I love Mm -hmm. Hosea, it was says, you know, I will allure her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. And then that's Hosea too. And then he goes, scripture goes on to say, and I will give her back a valley of anchors and give her hope, Mm. you know? And so really approaching these last couple of weeks, where is the Holy Spirit want to speak tenderly to you? And where do you need hope? Like where has Mm -hmm. hope kind of died? And I think like we've referenced before, the last two years have been a lot of hope discouragement, you know, like where is hope, mm-hmm. you know, but the Lord is a God of hope. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's his character. So where does he want to speak tenderly to you? Mm-hmm. And where, God, where does he want to restore your hope? And like you said earlier, that scripture, where does he want to give you double? Where's yeah. the Lord being like, pay attention to where the Lord is trying to be generous to you now, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we make it harder than it really is. It's really just stop, pause, take a step back and just say, Holy Spirit, where are you being generous to me now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where do you need to speak tenderly to me now? And mm-hmm. he always responds. And some people say, oh, but I don't hear the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, you do. You, you do. do. And so, and prods. Yes, yeah, you, you do. do. It's just, you have to figure out the, his love language, the way he talks to you. You do. Yeah. And yeah. so, but yeah, that's what I would say. And yeah. Easter is coming, you know? Yeah. And we are it's Easter soon. people. It, it's coming. It's coming up. Yeah. yeah. I always remind people, Lent is 40 days. Easter yes. 50. We prefer yes. to party to the, to the hard part. Like, we are feasting just, people. Yes. Yeah, get to the party. People that start Lent on Septuagesima, is that how you say it? I'm yes. like, guys, no, this is still Mardi Gras season. Like we've got plenty of time to suffer. Just go party for a little while first. Oh yeah. Kate, you love my house right now. We just uh, brought up the Mardi Gras decorations. This yeah. Week. Oh yeah. So, we'd, yeah. We had a priest over for dinner the other night. He walked in. He said, I don't think I've ever seen a Mardi Gras wreath on a mantle. And is it, do you live in Louisiana? Like, I got this from my mom. This thing is 30 years old. Like she had a second one made and I got the hand me down. It was, it was a funny little moment of this is Christmas decorations go down. Mardi Gras goes up and then we'll figure out what to do with Lent. Everything will just be bare for Lent. That's why I think we've got some sticks to throw up on the mantle. Michelle, where can we follow you and where can we listen to more of your wisdom? Yes. I'm on the Biting Together podcast and probably the best place to follow me is Instagram at Michelle Benzinger. And so I go in ebbs and flows. I've spent a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'll go like two or three weeks without being on social media and then I'll Hop back on for a little while, then I'll go yeah. back off. It just depends on the crazy week. Yeah. yeah. We'll link so, everything in the show notes so folks can find you. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me, Katie. So good to see you. One of the things that I really appreciated Michelle talked about was how generosity, it starts, it starts to change us, right? It, it literally refashions our heart and our mind to concentrate on the ways that we can give to others. Because not just because we know there's a benefit for us on the other side of it, but because generosity is the posture of God towards us, right? God is nothing but eminently generous. And so how then can I turn around and be generous to others? And almsgiving, the spiritual discipline of stepping outside of myself with time, talent, treasure, attention, and and giving it to others, organizations, charities, our own kids, perhaps even at times, recognizing the way that God might be inviting me to give, also allows me to sit in, and I've been thinking about this since we had our conversation a few weeks ago, in the ways that God has already given to me. This is something, I, I talk about this a lot on my radio show on Sirius XM, this attitude of gratitude that we're called to have actually isn't just a way of, of recognizing God's blessings in our life, although it certainly is, but it's actually a way of, of acknowledging all that the Lord has done for me 
which should be an impetus and an inspiration to turn around and, and do more for others. As we walk through this Lenten season, nearly four weeks into it now, kicking off our fourth week of Lent, perhaps this is the perfect time to think about what God has done for you in your life and the ways that that generosity can be repaid tenfold to others. I hope you click on over to AveMariaPress.com when this episode is done. Sign up for all of our emails so you don't miss anything. We have an Ave Explorers Live coming up on our Ave Maria Press Instagram page tomorrow. Go click on that Instagram page for more details about who we'll be chatting with and about what. We don't want to give it away. We want you to go find it yourself. The link for the Instagram page and all our social media is up on our website, which is linked down into the show notes. I keep directing you to the show notes because there's some great stuff down there. So go take advantage of all of those links, our, our discount codes, links to other podcasts that we like. And of course, a link to the book Restore by Sister Miriam James Heidland, which we know you're going to love. We'll be back next week with a whole lot more awesome content, a great conversation with Heather and Jake Kim about forgiveness and healing. So we hope you subscribe so you don't miss anything. We'll see you next week. We hope that your Lent continues to be fruitful. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Sinner Saint Sister, an excellent Catholic podcast for Catholic women. Allison Sullivan hosts with a weekly guest, and she tackles a variety of topics. She talks about everything from parenting, marriage, race, faith, a whole lot more. The newest season just wrapped up with some absolutely excellent content. You're going to love it. Check it out by subscribing today on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Link will be down in the show notes.